Hi there, welcome back to the business side of fitness. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, we'll highlight fitness industry experts to learn about their personal journey and unique perspective. Through these conversations, we'll learn all about what it really takes to succeed in fitness. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano LLC, specializing in fitness and wellness business development for impactful brands. The time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story, and now it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show Channing Chor. He's the co-founder and COO of Molecule, a premier sleep brand designed for active and health-conscious individuals. As a founding member, Chor helped Molecule to expand its product line and gain recognition as one of the best mattresses for athletes. He currently oversees the day-to-day operations of the company, as well as product development, strategy, and business development. Welcome to the show, Channing. Thanks, Vanessa. I'm so excited to have you here because there's so many conversations around recovery that are happening right now. And I think when a lot of people think of recovery, yes, they think of sleep. They also think of apps that monitor recovery, but they don't necessarily think of the platform that you're actually using to make that sleep happen. Yeah, that's something that we really aim to educate people on when we founded the company. And one of our key missions is to really provide people with cool, optimal sleep for a high performance lifestyle, which whether you live a high performance lifestyle or not, I think everyone can agree that they'd like to. But a big part of this mission is also to just educate our customers and potential customers on the link between sleep and wellness. And we've developed a product line to support that. So Channing, before you started, let's back it up for a second. Before you started Molecule, you've actually held leadership positions with Playboy, Fox Sports, Fox Media. What was your, let's provide some context for the audience about your background and what led you to found Molecule? Sure. Happy to go through that. I definitely didn't start my career thinking I'd be uh, selling mattresses at one point. But yeah, you're right. I spent a majority of my career up until this point in media and entertainment. And I had met our co-founder, Albert O, via a mutual professional connection and had been working on a few projects with him. And he approached me with an idea around mattresses and the key differentiating factor with this line of mattresses would be its focus on performance and potentially athletes. So given my background in sports, that naturally made sense for me to start kicking the tires with several of the athletes and agents that I had known from my previous life and just try to see if there was any interest around that idea and whether or not there were ambassadorship investment opportunities available. And certainly I I found that there was a tremendous amount of interest sleep is very important to to many athletes, especially very high performing ones where their livelihoods depend on sleep as part of their overall recovery routine. And that's how it all came together. Really that that connection with athletes for me, Albert's connection with both our our investor and just his expertise and distribution and overall e-commerce and retail. And that's how Molecule was born. There's so much there that I want to unpack. Sure. First of all, your relationships with the athletes. So you have a really 
unusual angle in that you have this ambassador profile portfolio rather of really high profile athletes that are supporting your product. So what was the thought process behind that? On the surface, it looks like we're just made for athletes. That really isn't the case. I think our overall philosophy is that we all can be considered athletes in our own sense, whether you are a entrepreneur, a sales executive, a stay-at-home mom, uh, you all work very hard to achieve and just live your everyday life. So our idea around athletes was if it's good enough for somebody that performs like Russell Wilson or Michael Phelps or Alex Morgan, it can be good enough for you as well. And that's been proven by our messaging and just the fact that everyday consumers at our, many of our retail chains have, have really gravitate, gravitated toward our product. We've tried to price the product so that it's within the reach of most consumers. It's not like a $50,000 cryogenic chamber that an athlete uses. It's something that you can just use every day in your real life. So that was the, the notion behind the athletes. Of, of course, we've definitely appealed to that athletic community. And a lot of our ambassadors have definitely spread the word among their, their colleagues. Russell gifted a bunch of our products to his teammates and his wide receivers. And they've definitely posted about us and really positive reviews. But in general, we're really trying to spread that message across everybody. And just using that athlete as our, our key platform to get that word spread as widely as possible. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say, if you have a body, then you're an athlete. And I think if anything, with the all this hit training that happens and the invention of CrossFit and all of that, so many people consider themselves athletes, even though they don't necessarily get paid for sport, they do compete and consider themselves athletes. So it's very relatable to have a relationship with athletes. There are also people people really look up to athletes and aspire to perform on that level. There are people that have achieved tremendous success in their particular area. So Channing, when you were conceptualizing the products, what were some of the key differentiators that you were looking to develop in your product? So what we try to emphasize in every product we develop, whether it's our main product, the mattress or toppers, pillows, sheets, comforters, you name it, even our pet bed, we've developed the pet bed, is really to emphasize something that we call air engineering. So it's the notion of maximizing airflow through that sleep system. And what this enables us to do is to really help control the microclimate between the sleeper and, and the sleep surface. And that microclimate is very important to achieve the restorative types of sleep. So there, there are different stages in sleep. Uh, everybody is probably very familiar with REM sleep. You hear that in popular culture, but there is also a stage of sleep called non-REM sleep or slow wave sleep, which refers to the frequency of your brain waves during that stage. And at this stage, your brain really rests and, and a lot of benefits occur during this stage. Your pituitary gland releases various hormones that help with natural recovery, human growth hormone, cortisol levels are managed. There's a, a host of benefits. And in order to enter and maximize that slow wave stage of sleep, you really have to help lower your core body temperature by a certain amount. And so this airflow concept in terms of maximizing the airflow really helps with that. That's really interesting because I think now with the access to so many sleep trackers and look, I'm wearing one right now, <laughs> the audience yeah. can't see. I think there people don't necessarily understand the correlation between temperature 
and recovery. And I think when a lot of people think of recovery, they think of getting sleep, but they think of the time spent sleeping, not necessarily the quality of sleep. And what is the correlation between the temperature and this actually restoring yourself and all of that? How does that work? Sure. So traditional science prior to like probably 20 years ago, thought that you would naturally enter the stage of sleep and your body temperature drops as a result of you entering the stage of sleep. But more recently, neurologists, sleep experts have discovered that you can actually enter this stage of sleep sooner and for longer during your sleep if you can affect that drop in core body temperature. So that's the correlation is if you can drop that core body temperature, you can enter the stage faster and you can stay in it longer. And you go through this cycle multiple times. It goes like stage one through four, and then goes back up to stage one. So you're going in and out of it. But if you want to get to it quicker and to maximize it, you really have to regulate that temperature and and drop that core body temperature. And one of the reasons is that when you're sleeping, uh, your hypothalamus, which, which regulates your temperature, takes a break. So your body is much more susceptible by all these external factors. So whether it's noise, obviously, snoring partner, but the heat especially. So if you're covered in blankets or your sleep system just doesn't allow you to enter, like to drop that core body temperature enough, it's more difficult for your body to do it. So it needs a little help. It needs some external help to do that. And that's what we attempt to do through our products is through that air engineering to, to help the body enter that stage as quickly as possible through lowering of the core body temperature. And so once you and your co-founder had settled on the product and the the concept, and then you went forward with pursuing the relationships with athletes, what was your go-to-market strategy as far as getting in front of the right people, the right clients, your marketing message, and, and just getting, acquiring customers? Sure. So this is the, the the hard part, obviously. So once we were able to get a, a few of the athletes on board at first, and we continued to expand it, our, our initial approach was to sell direct to consumer, which we still do. And, and it's still a, a great channel for us. But as you may know, it's a very competitive market, DTC, especially in our category. There are a lot of hundreds, literally, of bed-in-the-box companies, and we were just a part of that crowd. So quickly, we realized along with uh, our co-founder, Albert O's expertise is getting some retail distribution would help a lot in in terms of getting that word out as quickly as possible. Customer acquisition costs on direct-to-consumer can be very high in this category, given how competitive it is. And obviously, if you can get some retail distribution, that helps with that tremendously because that's completely cut off. So we aggressively approached a lot of retailers quickly, getting in front of them was challenging for sure because there's literally hundreds of people calling on them on a daily basis. But I think with our message and our athlete backing and that that collaboration of athletes that rarely work together other than for really bring big brands like Nike or Gatorade, never for a startup sleep company that's literally three months old, it really caught their attention. So we were very uh, fortunate to get an audience with Costco and um, they heard our story and, and, and gave us a test. And we've been doing, it, w- it was very difficult getting in and getting everything set up, especially for a company our size, but we were able to make it happen. And we soon expanded to other retailers, including Target, Home Depot, we're on Wayfair, Amazon. We just launched on Sam's Club and we've got a bunch of others planned for Q1, Q2 of this year. 
And have you taken on investment at any point in this process? So our, beyond our initial investment from our private equity partner, One Rock Capital Partners, we have not taken additional investment. And so what's your strategy to scale the business? From inception, obviously you had a very powerful marketing tool with these athletes, but then how do you plan on scaling the business? There's still a huge growth opportunity. We've done exceptionally well, especially um, over the past year. We've been definitely on the uh, lucky side of, of the pandemic currently with people caring about health and wellness and upgrading their homes, especially sleep. So we've seen tremendous growth and we plan to continue that through 2021 and beyond. Our omni-channel strategy in terms of expanding to retailers is going to continue and we are expanding our product line tremendously over the next uh, two quarters. You'll see our product line multiply significantly as we develop products that have other unique features. We're working with our manufacturing partner to develop those and a few of them will launch. We're looking at a couple of models that are specific to our retailers as well. And so that omni-channel strategy, along with our expanded product portfolios, are a big part of our plans for growth in the next 12 to 18 months. And how much of your marketing messaging and your communication is actually geared towards education as opposed to product marketing? Because I think, as we discussed earlier, so many people don't see that correlation between the temperature and the quality of sleep. And so many people, honestly, when they're mattress shopping, they're looking at price and, or they don't even know where to start. There's so many options that can be rather overwhelming. So how do you approach that? It's a significant part of our marketing message. It's uh, definitely probably pretty even between talking about the product specifically and just the overall connection between performance and sleep. And, and that's why we partnered with our athletes. So it's a significant part. We try to in our email messaging on our social platforms, try to educate as much as we do in promoting whether we have a sale going on or a specific product that we're launching. That education is a big part of our company and definitely something that we pride ourselves on and try to set us, ourselves apart using that messaging. And so Channing, throughout this process, how have you assembled your team? What did your team look like in the very beginning? And what does it look like today? Who were those first key players that you ended up bringing onto your team? Yeah, good question. So we had, so we've gone through several cycles in, in terms of where we've been located in our team, but we really started with uh, a, a few key people, including my co-founder, Albert, as well, myself. We've got a member that works on all the nitty gritty contracts and finance and definitely marketing was a big part of it. So we were very lean and we continue to be very lean today. We rely on some contractors as well to supplement. Further to our founding team, we quickly brought on a product lead as well. The initial product was really developed just with our co-founder going to the plant and picking out some materials and working closely with the engineering team. But as we launched that and wanted to expand quickly, we needed somebody to really lead that process. So we brought on a, a product person as well. And then customer service uh, was really early on as well, just to handle all the calls. That's something that we pride ourselves on. Those were the key members. And soon as we grew and expanded retail, we, we brought in ops. And right now the ops team is probably our largest uh, chunk, but we still are a very lean team. We're, you'll be surprised at how, how small we are. We're definitely less than a dozen people. 
That's really impressive considering how much you've accomplished. And one thing that I always love to hear from other people is the experience of managing other people. As the chief operating officer, you're actually managing others. And I think that can be a huge challenge for some people and that a lot of people that have never managed people think, oh, I aspire to be a manager. I aspire to be a leader in a business. But if you've never led people, you've never dealt with some of the challenges that come with managing various personalities. So how has that experience been for you? Yeah, it's been, I've I've managed people in in large companies and obviously small companies like currently at Molecule. Yeah, it's a challenge and it's definitely been a challenge more recently being remote. That's very difficult to manage over Zoom and and you really don't get that, the brainstorming opportunities and you're just listening in on side conversations. So that's been difficult. I will say with our current team, it's it's been great and and a, a pleasant surprise. I think the advantages of being at such a small company and early on in our growth and with everybody really obviously incentivized to grow this business is that they're all naturally very driven. It hasn't been hard to sort of instill that drive in people, which is really what is most important right now at this stage in our company. Of course, with that comes a lot of ups and downs and stress and every day is just a little different you don't know what you're going to work on. But so far, I think in terms of how hard both Albert and I have worked to build this to what it is. I think it sets an example for um, everybody else on the team who obviously wants to grow this and, and are incentivized to grow it as well, that they naturally follow along in terms of the the pace of how we're working, sort of the hours that we're working as well, and the speed. That's very important. We try to move very quickly. Sometimes it, it, we trip over ourselves, but our philosophy is to just to try things as quickly as we can. And at this stage, that's, that's what we're doing. And it can be frustrating at times for sure. But in the end, it, we found that it pays off and everybody seems to be definitely leading, living that philosophy as well. So it, it's been you know, pleasant so far, actually. Well, that's nice to hear. That's <laughs> Have there been any challenges in this process? I have heard of people having issues in supply chain, staff turnover, distributor challenges. Has it been just continually uphill or what challenges have you faced? Yeah, it's been very challenging. I think along with, I mentioned that this past year definitely has been good in terms of the demand, but there have been tremendous supply chain challenges. As I would imagine a lot of my industry peers and and, and other industries have experienced with freight rates going sky high, factories being shut down due to COVID. Managing that at a company our size has been difficult. We, at times, haven't been able to deliver when we could have made some money, for example, when there's been demand. So that's been challenging. We're working through it. We're not unique in that sense, but everybody's just doing everything they can, trying to find alternatives, ways to, to figure things out. That's definitely been one challenge. We did go through an office move. And we originally were located in Chicago. We moved to Southern California about a couple of years ago. So just the logistics of that, moving the team, some people relocating, just logistically, that's difficult as well. And then the other thing in our category, the product is very large. (laughs) And we don't have a large office or warehouse. We're using a shared office space. So we have to be scrappy in terms of how we logistically manage these mattresses and figure out how to do photo shoots and Many times we, like I'd go to U-Haul or my the head of product would go to U-Haul, rent a truck, spend a day loading things on, like up, setting it up, taking the photo shoot, loading it down. So we literally do a little bit of everything, ironing 
things, repositioning pillows to make sure it looks good in the light early on. And even now we still do like a lot of this ourselves. We're definitely really scrappy and we just get our hands dirty on everything. Well, I think that's the mark of a successful leader because you have to get your hands dirty and get in the trenches sometimes. And I think that that's how you're able to remain agile. So I'd love to talk a little bit about the customer journey and the life cycle of the customer. Because when I think of a mattress, I don't know if I'm going to completely embarrass myself right now, but I heard that you're supposed to change your mattress every 10 years. So I can imagine that for your business, you don't want to be in constant acquisition mode since you mentioned earlier that acquiring the customer can be rather costly. So how have you adapted your product line to continue servicing that same client instead of having to constantly acquire new clients? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And and that's one of the reasons why three months into launching the company and launching the first molecule mattress, we quickly expanded that product offering to sheets and then pillows, comforters, mattress toppers, and pet beds, as I um, mentioned, and we're looking at some other things too. So you're right. Mattresses are a once in a decade purchase in general. I've heard some people try to decrease that time to once every seven years, but still that's way too long to have uh, to, to wait in between purchases. So yeah, the sheets and the pillows and the blankets have been has have been great ways to get introduced to our company. Since we are new, we're not a, a household name yet. People might want to, you know, dip their toes into what Molecule offers. Everybody could use a new set of sheets and they're great by the way. So, you use those, you experience what we have to offer, some of the technologies that that we have in our products. Maybe you want to then try out one of our pillows try out a mattress topper to see if it can improve your current mattress and extend the life with it, which is a great idea as well. But hopefully once you, it comes time to upgrade your mattress or another mattress in your room, like in a guest bedroom, you think of us. And so that, that was the philosophy and that, that has, has worked for us as we continue to see greater numbers of customers. We're all constantly trying to Im- improve the average order value. And we see people bundling products together, which is great. And definitely a lot of repeat customers as well, who have actually taken the risk slept on our mattress and loved the entire product line and and just started basically making the entire molecule sleep system a part of their bedroom. I love that. And Channing, throughout this process, have you developed any strategic partnerships with other brands to get in front of that athletic clientele? Yeah. So we did a giveaway with Hyperice at one point, just obviously a very similar customer base, people who care about recovery. That's been great. We did a, another partnership with temperature regulating. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of it. A temperature regulating device that you wear on your wrist, basically. And it basically control your temperature at night and also during the day. We've done several of those partnerships and, and we're able to share customer lists, et cetera. So those have been pretty fruitful and we continue to look for more of those. Oh, Ember Wave, that's the name of, of the company that we did that partnership with. So we're, we're constantly looking for more of those. I'm so glad you remember the name. I can't stand it when I can't recall yeah, something. Yeah, I know. And, I, I just... <laughs> and then it shows up three hours later in my mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that was a little delayed. Yeah, and I can imagine that there are a lot more opportunities for strategic alliances now as more recovery products start to come to market. And it's a great way to get in front of the ideal customer without having such high acquisition costs. 
Channing, aside from working with the athletes, how else are you looking to pivot the business to get in front of ideal clients with the strategic partnerships? How else do you get in front of people to educate them and let them know what the product is about and how it's different from other competitors? So we're looking at some other opportunities, whether they are, well, Things have gone sideways since the pandemic, but we did have some potential sort of in-person activations on the table as well. Partnerships with, we did do a partnership early on with the New York Mets and we were the one of the sleep partners for the New York Mets, but we're thinking of doing more similar activations where we could be in person at an event and actually have our products on display and have people, you know, try those products. So that's something that we still have in the back of our minds once things get back to normal. So we would definitely like to try that. The education piece, once again, there are a lot of in-person seminars that we had planned, working with several fitness institutes that we've had relationships with in the past in terms of providing product to, and just doing seminars for a lot of their members and educating them about sleep in general, how it affects performance, and hopefully trying to educate them about Molecule as well. We'll wait to see until things come back to normal. Until then, we continue to you know activate on our current channels, and we're definitely planning to develop more content-driven emails as well as improving our blog to make it more of a update that content on a more regular basis so people can come to our site to, to, to learn, not necessarily to purchase. But ultimately, hopefully that leads to a purchase down the line. I think that's one of the biggest challenges for businesses right now is just being that content machine. It's like everybody needs to 10X their, it's their Gary V approach, 10Xing content and repurposing content and delivering the message in a way that people can digest it and retain the information and understand it. It's like reaching out in different mediums and crafting the same message in multiple ways. And I think that can sometimes be, very hard for especially mm. small businesses. It's that content machine needs to keep pumping. And how do you keep reinventing content in different ways? Yeah, it's challenging. I, I think early on, I, I was writing the content for a website myself and you know several other of the employees, but we were at the point where we're stretched pretty thin. Yeah, that's been challenging. And then we'll probably need to get some somebody to help this for us down the line. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. It's, it is hard to get that content gen generated. And what's been the biggest win for you at Molecule, Channing? I'll point to a couple of things. I think first, first what I mentioned before was just getting these athletes all together and, and to agree on something as personal as sleep was a huge achievement uh, for us early on. The athletes that we work with really haven't worked together on anything uh, together like this. And they all tested our products. They're putting their uh, reputation on the line by backing us. They are all equity holders in the business and they all use the product on a regular basis. Alex reached out to us and she was going to, to France for the World Cup and requested that she get some of the pillows and the sleep products just to make sure that she was recovering while she was um, over there for the World Cup, which was obviously successful and was going to do the same for the Olympics as well until it was canceled. But we'll do that again this year. That was a, a huge win for us and helped really set us apart immediately from the crowd and, and get us that audience with the retailers. And so that, it, that leads into the second thing that I, I'd point to is really that success in getting mass distribution at scale so quickly under three years into the business, a brand new um, brand that three years ago, nobody heard of getting into those outlets quickly and having success 
um, at those outlets it would be a huge win for us. Those are insane accomplishments in such little time. I think that there are companies out there that have been in business for 25 years that can't secure those types of partnerships. And I think it all goes back to relationships, right? From your former businesses and experience, you were able to maintain these amazing relationships and catapult the next version of, of business for yourself. Congratulations, Channing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to break down your journey for launching Molecule and expanding Molecule. If somebody wants to learn more about Molecule or connect with you, how can they do that? Sure. They can go to onmolecule.com. That's our website. And Definitely. I'm on LinkedIn, not too many Channing chores out there, but they can search me and I'm, I'm trying to keep up with the inbox and I'm trying to be good about that, but anybody can reach out to me there as well. It's so hard. If only people would stop reaching out with MLM approaches, <laughs> you can clear out your inbox quicker. Yeah. Right. Thanks so much, Channing. Thanks, Vanessa. Hi everyone, this is your host, Vanessa Severiano. I have a huge favor to ask of you. If you found value in this episode, I'd love it if you would please subscribe, review, and share this episode. It would really mean so much to me. I truly love connecting with fitness and wellness experts, so if you'd like to be on the show or are looking for help in your business, definitely drop me a line and connect with me. You can find me at hello at vanessaseveriano.com or my social media handles. Since my last name is not the easiest to spell, I'm going to go ahead and make it really easy for you and link my contact details in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode.